Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. So if you like everything is against you, everything is against you, right when you come up and take a breath, another wave comes on top of you. Nothing's going right. With Assistant Pastor Chad Campbell. There is an action that we have to do with our faith. It's not about listening all the time and never applying or never doing anything with it. There is a part for whatever reason. God can do anything. I know that. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth. Now, let's join Assistant Pastor Chad Campbell for this week's Sunday Sermon. So, have you ever thought, why is it that though Jesus died on the cross, and I believe Jesus died on the cross, and I know through Jesus dying on the cross that I have victory in what I do, why do I still feel like I'm losing, and why do I still feel like I'm getting beat up? I know Jesus died for me. And I know I'm supposed to have the victory, but yet I still feel like that. Why do I feel like when I turn, people are just coming at me all the time? You guys know what I'm talking about? Just keeps coming at you. If God is God, why doesn't he just fix these things around me? Why doesn't he just do Bruce Almighty and fix it? Spiritual warfare. When Pastor told me we were praying on or uh, speaking on spiritual warfare this month, I was like, oh my gosh, you know what comes with that. And so I've been going through this for the past couple weeks, and he has the audacity to commission me the week before I'm supposed to get up here and preach this message. Because when you start stepping out in faith, when you start stepping out in the calling that God has for you, it's not a soft little pillow comfort thing. Amen? It's like, let's get it on. You're like, well, who am I getting it on with? Who? Definition of spiritual warfare. The conflict that Christians face against the devil and demonic spirits. Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. People don't like talking about the devil. They do not like to talk about the devil, and many people now don't even believe in the devil. 95% of people in a, in a uh, research said that 95% believe in God. 63% believe that the devil is just a, a um, the devil is just a, uh, a, a symbol. Not real. Just a symbol, 63%. So if we believe that we're in a spiritual warfare and only 37% of people believe that there is truly a devil, what are we fighting against? What do you fight against? Some people believe that the word Satan is just a way to manipulate or to scare people. Can you show that picture, that first picture? So we get this picture. What does the devil look like? Red, horns, nasty looking, right? Easy to recognize. Easy to recognize. I could recognize that thing anywhere. 
anywhere. Designed to scare us. Jesus has 25 references, 25 references about Satan and documented encounters. 25, listen, it's 25 to 30% of Jesus' interaction in parables had to do with demons. 25 to 30%. How often do we talk about the devil? This is weird, I know. But how often do we talk about the devil? We always say, when things come at me, when the enemy is attacking, when people are coming at me, call it what it is. 25 to 30% of Jesus' interaction parables had to do with demons. Satan means adversary. Boom. Devil, slander, slander, says false things. Lucifer, shiny one and beautiful. How many of you have seen that show Lucifer yet? Oh, yeah. Shiny, beautiful, seductive doesn't look like this. Bible says, Satan and his forces are enemies of God, are enemies of God, not a symbol. Satan and his forces are an enemy of God and his people. First Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So who is this devil? Who is Satan? Ezekiel 28, when speaking about the devil, says, you are the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty, highest of angelic beings. This is devil, highest of angelic beings, created perfect and was to be the guardian, the guardian of God's gates. This is the devil, more beautiful than anything or anyone besides God. So most intelligent, beautiful being that God created, gets full of himself, wants to be God, and not satisfied with what he is. Go ahead and put up the next picture. We think this, he looks like this. Hi. I'm Lucifer. (laughs) Stunning, seductive, beautiful. He wants us, wants us. Satan is a ruler of this world. John 12, 31. Satan is called the ruler of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbeliever. This portrays the Christian life with Satan. This constant battle of recognizing the seductiveness, the beauty, the devil. Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him. So watch this, Matthew 4, 4, 4, 1, I'm sorry. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And what does Jesus say? It is written. Every time he constantly, every time the devil kept coming after him, he kept saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. And the devil knew he couldn't, he couldn't get him. He couldn't get Jesus. So instead, he goes after Jesus' followers. If you can't get the top, go after what surrounds them. Go after the followers. 
So how does Satan do this? How does he and his demons come after little old Chad? First off, you had the pastor commission you. I'm telling you, that's one thing. But let's look at different ways. As I just said in Matthew 4.1, temptation. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 1 Chronicles 21.1 says, Then Satan stood against Israel and incited David. David, the man after God's own heart, Satan incited him. Satan convinced him to sin. Satan lured David to sin. Porn on the internet. That's the easy one, right? Lust. Did you know there are 2,300 abortions every day in the United States? 2,300 abortions in our country alone, which comes out to 862,320 abortions every year in our country alone. John 8, 44, deception. He's a liar. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Genesis 3.12, division and deceiver. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Your past is so bad. You're a horrible person. There's absolutely no reason that God would want to do anything with you. Father of lies. You're a horrible father. Messing up everything around you and your kids. Father of lies. God loves you so much. He doesn't care how you behave. It's okay. Father of lies. 2 Corinthians 11.3, false teachings. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. False teaching. What's happening in the world right now? Redefining, are you a boy or girl when you're born? That's being accepted. Like, what is that? Like, you're born, you got a penis. If you're a girl, you're a have a vagina. I mean, just say it. That's what you have. How is it any different than that? That's what it is. No more praying in schools with your tax dollar. Yet, did you know that your tax money paid for an outdoor worship center for the military, for paganism? Your tax dollar did that. But it doesn't allow you, your kids, to pray in school anymore. And that's accepted. False teachings. Second Timothy says the enemy is setting a trap. Second Timothy. And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Saying, Satan is setting a trap for you. 
for the followers of Christ. He is setting a trap for you. Job 18.10, the snare is laid for him in the ground and a trap for him in the way. Spending money just because you want something, by side by side, right? That took a long time, okay? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Jealousy of something someone else may have. Setting traps. Setting traps to put you into some type of failure, to get you to focus on something else rather than what God is calling you to focus on. Or jealousy. Whatever he can do to entrap you, he will try. He would try anything to entrap you, anything to make you feel the way he wants you to feel. I heard it like this. Satan is a sweet tart. Tastes sweet on the outside. But then it's gonna get real sour. And you don't know how long it's gonna take to get sour. It may be right after, it might be six months, it might be three years. But it'll come. So why, why, what's his purpose? What's Satan's purpose? What's the devil's purpose for us? Luke 22, 31 through 32. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, shake you up. When you take the wheat, you gotta shake it. You gotta shake it and shake it and shake it to get all the debris off of it so that you can use that wheat seed. The devil wants to shake you. He wants to shake you to remove your focus in God, to weaken your faith and harm God's witness for his purpose. He wants to shake you so much that you're not even letting God use you anymore. Because remember, we're vessels, you guys. We're vessels here for a purpose. And the devil does not want us to fulfill that purpose. I'm not talking about demon possessing a believer in Christ. I'm not talking about that. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, right? There are not two of them living in there. He's not going to possess me. Holy Spirit's possessing me. That's not going anywhere. He can't take control of me. I have to allow it. I have to allow it. So why does anyone want to do this? Because your purpose on earth is for a reason. A very special, specific purpose for you to reach God's plan. You are part of God's story, not our story. This is God's story. We're here for a reason, to bring other people along for this story, to help save the lost, to reach the lost and to bring them into this kingdom of God. That's our purpose. So since he can't live in me, he has to distract me. He has to distract me. That's all he can do. This is where it gets weird, all right? I'm telling you, I'm talking to my wife about this. I'm just like, all right. You guys have seen The Matrix? All right, I've seen it. I don't remember it. Just throwing it out there. All right. There are two realms. There are two realms. There is a natural realm, and there is a spiritual realm. This is what, in me, 
is difficult, was difficult. Until I had this aha moment. And I'm hoping that you get your aha moment. If not now, when you leave. Right? Every one of us has a natural faith. You have a natural faith when you get up out of that chair that the floor is still going to be there and you're going to get up and walk. You believe what you see. You believe gravity, though you can't see it. You have experiences with it. If I jump off a building, it's going to hurt. I have this natural faith. I'm not going to slap Jeff. <laughs> He's a lot bigger than I am, and it'll hurt me. Natural faith. Natural. It's made up of our five senses and our emotions. This natural realm is. The objects, the people, the, the chairs, the floor, natural faith. All right, spiritual realm. The unseen the unseen, the unseen, the invisible realm. In this invisible realm is the army of God. These angels, the army of God, and the devil and the demonic spirits. You've got the angels, army of God, and the devil and demonic spirits in the spiritual realm that you cannot see. Story of Elijah. You know, Elijah was a prophet that um, Syria was attacking Israel. And Syria kept making up all of these plans. And as the prophet Elisha, he was able to know what they were going to do so they were able to prevent it from happening. So the king of Syria was like, go get me this guy. I need this guy because he's messing up our plan. So they find him and they go and they surround him. So Elijah and his servant wake up the next morning. They step out and they're surrounded by the army of, per, of uh, Syria. And the servant's like, what are we gonna do? And Elisha says, God, open the eyes of the servant to see what I see. His eyes were open and he could see the chariots and the horses of the spiritual realm surrounding all of them. The spiritual realm. So what does Elijah do? God, blind them all. Boom, they're blinded. He had to step out. He had to do something. God, blind them. He didn't kill them, blind them. And they were blinded. Read the story, it's a cool story. They were blinded. So if you can't picture this, Hebrews 1.14 says, you have angels that are waiting for your calling. We don't worship angels, we're worshiping God. But we've got an army of angels waiting for us to call them out to help me in a situation. Remember, Jesus didn't always go after demons. He didn't always speak to the demons. Jesus focused on God. He focused on the word. He focused on the lost. He continued to live his life in his ministry, not focusing on the demons, except in rare cases, focusing on what he was there to do reaching those people. Can you put up the picture of army? The next one, please. This was hard because I can't use my senses to see this. I can't see it. I can't smell it. I can't taste it. I can't touch it. I can't hear it. I asked my wife, I was like, I'm, I, I just, 
the army of God, the spiritual realm. She's like, haven't you seen it? I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. She thought I was talking about the, the evil stuff. I'm like, no, I want to see this. If I know that that's standing right behind me, I'm like, what now? What? Yeah, what do you got? I tell Jeff, let's step now. What? <laughs> it's behind me. Gideon. Gideon had 32,000 soldiers. 32,000. And he says, God tells him, too many. They're going up against 15,000. God says, there are too many people. Ask which ones are afraid and send them home. So 22,000 of them left. So now there's 10,000 of them. God says, still too many. Still too many. Take them down in the water. Let them drink. Those that lap up like a dog or those that get down on their knee. Afterwards, 300 of them, water in their hand, licked out of their hand, lapped up like a dog. Those are the ones that are going to stay with you. I had 32,000 soldiers. Now you tell me I got 300 and you want me to do this fight. Yes, because it's not about you. This is for me to get the glory. It's not about the natural realm of what you see, what you feel, what you think you know is going to be successful. This is about the spiritual realm and about you calling out and listening to what God is telling you to do and watching me do it through you. Watching me do this, not you. You can't do it, but I can. I can. So 300 there, 9,700 more of them left. All right, now I want you to take the, um, the um, empty pitcher and I want you to put a torch in it and I want you to take the trumpet. And all at once, we're gonna do this. And what happened? They just all killed themselves. 15,000 of them. God took care of them. They didn't even have to do it. The spiritual realm, not the natural realm. And this spiritual realm, the enemy is there, trying to lure us, trying to get our focus off of, this is it, the truth. The focus off of the truth. The truth that you're a child of God. The truth that the war has already been won with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's already there. All we are living is a play, a replay every day. We already know that God won. We already know that we're victorious, but yet we still feel so defeated. We have a battle every single day, every day, yet we forget the war we have already won. So many people focus on, I'm going to go to heaven. Yes, we're all, if you have accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord said, you're going to heaven. Amen. But what does your life look like between now and then? What favors are you getting to experience from God because you're focusing on God? Because you're keeping your eyes on God despite what the spiritual realm or the physical, natural realm is throwing at you. Remember, God sees us as Jesus. He sees Jesus, not Chad. I'm the one that messes that up. I'm the one that can't see that. 
God sees me as Jesus. And I have a special purpose for myself to do. So in this spiritual realm, in this unseen realm, Satan cannot embody me, but he sure can influence me. He sure can influence me. And Satan needs a vessel, just like God needs you as his vessel. Satan needs a vessel to influence me. Lust. Many men can't even look at a woman anymore without lusting after her because of everything that is surrounding us. Not an excuse. It's the truth. Temptation. To try to keep you busy. Try to keep you busy so that you feel like there is no time to do whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing. I don't have time to stop. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to spend with my kids. I don't have time to take my wife out for dinner. I don't have, that was mine. I don't have this. Trying to keep you so busy that you're missing out on that. Gossip about you. Yeah, I heard it. Yep, somebody did it. I don't know who it was, but somebody did it. Gossip about you to make you feel worthless or not needed. And the trauma around you to deter you from what's really going on. When that trauma keeps hitting you, you don't focus on what is actually happening here in this spiritual realm. When this trauma is happening, focusing on what's happening in this natural realm. So if you like everything is against you, amen? You just feel it? Everything is against you. Right when you come up and take a breath, another wave comes on top of you. Nothing's going right. Let me tell you about my last week. I am not, I'm not trying to outdo anybody. I want to tell you about my last week, okay? This is why. I want you guys to all pray for me. So last week, this wonderful side-by-side, get it? The very next day, it says home limp mode. Doesn't work. Uh, what's so funny? <laughs> I've been waiting years. You've been praying for me to get this thing. The very next day, I have to take it to go get a service. My right-hand person in my office quit. Getting ready to open up a new office in the Valley. Been working on this for a couple of years. The attorneys, all this kind of stuff. The person's supposed to get down in there. He's like, I'm quitting medicine. I can't take it anymore. It's too much. I can't do it. The own discourse and gossip in my own office. Another local business trying to put us out of business. Just upped the ante this week. Someone trying to sue me or threatening to sue me for something we don't have a part of. Some people very close to me struggling in their marriage. We finally get to go camping. Our trailer's heater doesn't even work and it's 30 degrees up there. I go to dump the trailer when we come back. The people that we, the place we bought the trailer from, they didn't close the valve. Oh yeah. Put it up, open it up. Crap all over me. Poop. My son's like, there's poop. I know, it's on me. I smell it, I see it. Last night, finishing up the whole message. Yep, I messed up. Didn't save it. Boom, gone. Working on this thing. You do all my notes. You know what I normally do is do all my notes over a couple of weeks, and then I put the message together the night before because things change. Gone. Gone. At 11 o'clock last night. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. 
This is my father-in-law. Pastor, you should not have done this a week ago. Should never have done it. So I'm like, I need to go get a cup of coffee because there's going to be more hours to go. Go turn it on. Go to the bathroom. Come back. I forgot to put the cup underneath it. Coffee all over the place. Yep. That was my week. That was my week. And so we fight and we fight and we fight. But what do we fight against? Usually we end up fighting against each other. I mean, be real. We fight against each other. But the actual battle is in the spiritual realm. It's the spiritual realm, just like with Elijah, just like with Daniel, just like with Gideon. God wants to win the battle, the daily battles for us in the spiritual realm. Why can't God just fix it? He's God. Why not? Why not? For whatever reason, Moses, Malachi are coming after him. God says, Moses, raise your arms. Aaron heard, raise your arms. So when they're raising their arms, victorious. They're winning. What is that? I mean, if I'm in a fight, me raising my arms, that's what I do. That's not natural realm. Raise your arms. And you win. Help me, guys, because every time I start to get tired and I drop, every time I start to get tired and drop, we start losing. The spiritual realm, raise your arms. Meaning, God wants our faith in action. There is an action that we have to do with our faith. It's not about listening all the time and never applying or never doing anything with it. There is a part, for whatever reason, I have no idea. God can do anything. I know that. But for some reason, he wants me to lift my arms. For some reason, he wants me to hold a lantern or a pitcher with a lantern in it and send everybody else home. I don't know why, but that's what he wants me to do. Just because I mess up doesn't mean that I've lost the war. I might have lost that battle. If I go have an affair on my wife, I have lost that battle. And I will pay the consequences of that. But I still have won the war. See it? It's hard. I lost that battle. I'm still going to heaven. I know the enemy is still going to be overcome, going into the fiery pits of hell. But I made a bad choice. So I need to put my big boy panties on, accept the consequences, and try to do better next time. And try to see the spiritual realm fight instead of the natural realm fight. If I notice that my eyes are starting to look at some other female, I better go to that spiritual realm. I better be, God, come to me, God, my arms are lifted. I'm holding my pictures, whatever it takes. Help me. Not to the demon, to God. To God to do this, for God to deliver me from the alcohol, for God to deliver me from the drugs, for God to deliver me from the porn, for God to deliver me from whatever. God, in the spiritual realm, help me. See this, help me focus on you. Because the devil wants me to say, I'll never do that again. 
Oh, I know I messed up. I'm never going to do that again. God, if you take this away, I promise I'll never do this again. Then the devil is like, yes, we got him. Because he will do it again. He will do it again. God, you could do this. Even with a broken person like me. These angels of God's army just waiting for me to reach out, to act on my faith. Devil's not stupid. People are like, oh, that's stupid. Weak devil. Devil is not stupid. Devil is not weak. He's your enemy. The devil, Satan, is your enemy. Not the symbol. The devil and his demons are your enemy. And we need to respect our enemy. Not honor him. Respect him. And respect him and know he's coming after you with everything he's got to influence you to make bad decisions. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, so that we would not be out by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. See, Satan, just like a Sunday football game, studies you. Satan studies you. He knows what Chad's weaknesses are. He knows my sin pattern. He knows my patterns. He's going to influence me to get me back to those places, to get me to focus on the natural realm and the people in it instead of the spiritual realm and deliver me from it. He knows. So he's going to constantly keep trying to influence you and whatever your weak spots are, Whatever those weaknesses are, guarantee you it's coming. So you have the opportunity to say, yes, I suck at this. I am horrible at this. So I'm going to be watching for it. I'm watching you, devil. I'm watching you, you demon spirits. I'm watching, and I'm, God, let's go. Help me see this. Help me see my angels. Help me see these fighting for me when I cry out to you. Help me see it. Help me to have faith in it, to trust in it, and to call out in it. Because they'll influence you one way or the other, and they're going to exploit you. Try to keep you in your emotions, the natural realm. Try to keep you in your senses and in your emotions. Because if you're in your emotions, you're not in a spirit. That's why we used to take all these kids to all these big conferences and hundreds of kids, and they're like, yes, I'm on fire. God is amazing. This is awesome. They come home, and what happens? Boom. It was emotional, which is amazing. It, 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 they get an experience. They get to experience something new with people going after God together and what it could be like. But it was based off of the emotion for them in many of those instances. We all have a natural, sinful nature in us. So I'm talking about he knows what your weak spots are. You have it. James 1, 14 through 15. But each person is tempted when is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire when it has conceived gifts, birth to sin, and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. If we allow our emotions to drive us, if we allow our emotions of this natural realm to drive us, we allow deception to drive us. 
If I constantly feel like this person just keeps coming at me over and over and over and over again, I am allowing the deceiver to deceive me. It's a spiritual realm fight, not a natural realm fight. You have to understand the problem to be able to accurately approach it. You have to understand the problem to be able to approach it. Paul even says, if you don't understand the problem, you won't apply the right solution. I just ask, please don't, don't, this, this is weird, spiritual realm, natural realm. Please don't allow yourself to be blocked off to this. Allow yourself to just meditate on this and to accept it and to, to just research it on your own. Research it on your own. In the Bible, not Google. Research it on your own. Let God do a work in you on this. Because when you get that aha moment, it's like, wow. Wow. That is amazing. So how do we apply this? Everything visible, you can see everything visible and spiritual is controlled in this spiritual realm. In the invisible. It is controlled in the invisible. So if we want to change it, we have to do it in the invisible realm. See, this just sounds weird even coming out. It even sounds weird coming out. You have to do it in the invisible realm. You have to do it in the spiritual realm. So how do we do it? First, what's truth? We said truth. This is it, the main thing. Truth. Truth is God's viewpoint. Not Chad's. God's viewpoint. So I know when that baby's born with a penis, that's a boy. Amen? That's a boy. Ephesians 6.14. Stand. 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 The first three of the armor of God it says, stand, stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, not your truth, God's truth, stand, I mean, don't get limping, don't limp, don't lay down, stand, stand, for the truth must be worn at all times. The first three talks about stand, and these are things that we are to have at all times. At all times. Must be worn at all times. God's viewpoint, the truth. Breastplate of righteousness, which is tethered to the truth, covers the chest, your heart, protecting your heart. Not by what I do, not by my acts. I don't have righteousness by what Chad does. I have righteousness because of what Jesus did for me. Truth. Righteousness from Christ. Protecting me from those accusations that the demons throws at me. Shoes is the preparation of the gospel of peace. True peace is in the gospel of Jesus. Flat. We try to seek it in drugs, alcohol, extramarital stuff, the porn. I mean, I'm just naming stuff. Whatever. We try to seek that, that 
that fulfillment, that peace. The true fulfillment is in the gospel of Christ. Through the hard times, through the gospel of Christ. So those three, stand firm. Stand firm. Those shoes, the gospel of peace, they have nails in them. Those nails back then, they put those nails so that when they were in that fight, it gave them traction to continue to press forward. Just like the American flag, the stars are forward. We're pressing forward. We're not retreating. Stand firm in these shoes with the truth and the breastplate of righteousness, protecting my heart, knowing what God has done for me is what gives me this righteousness, not what I do. Meaning, when things come home and things are tough, I'm having a hard day at work, and my kids are coming at me, Stand firm, Chad. Stand firm in how you talk to your kids. Stand firm in how you approach your wife. Stand firm in how you treat your family, no matter what's happened. Stand firm. It's a spiritual battle, not them. Stand firm in the truth. Next three say, take it up. Take it up. Take up the shield of faith. God provides with these tools. He provides us with these tools and this armor, but we have to pick it up. You got to do something with it. You can't get this faith and leave it on the ground. You've got to do something with it. I have people come to my office. They have diabetes. They have hypertension. Whatever it is, they come in. I'm like, all right, here's where we need to go. This is what we need to do. If we have to use medicine, this is medicine we have to use. And then they come back. They're like, why isn't my diabetes getting any better? Are you taking your medicine? No. You have to stick it in your mouth. You got to give it to yourself. Whatever it is, you're not going to get better. I'm going to give you the tools. Now, you got to do something with it. It is no different with the armor of God than it is when you get sick and you go to the doctor's office and they give you an antibiotic. You don't understand what that antibiotic does in your body. You don't understand what the germs are or the bacteria. We don't understand that stuff. You don't understand it either. I know that. But you still do it. You still have an act to get better. No different with the armor of God. It's the act of faith. I don't like that part of being a Christian. I don't want to pray for that person. I was honest with you all a couple weeks ago. I don't want that person to be a Christian. I'm getting better. We all have that in us, and I'm just being truthful. That's a hard part of being a Christian. Accepting everyone, praying for everyone. That is hard. I I don't know the answers, except to work through it and fight in the spiritual realm, not in the natural realm. Take up the helmet of salvation, protecting my mind, because this is how Satan gets us. If I can get in their mind, if I can get them to focus on the natural realm instead of the spiritual realm. If I can get their mind, I've got them. To, to, to prevent me, he's trying to make me believe these Satan lies. So, how of salvation to protect it and take up the sword of the Spirit. Sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Take it up. We've got it. All right, so God has given me this armor of God. He's given this to me. He's given me these tools. Take up the word of God. How often do I do it? This isn't, I'm not coming at you. This is an encouraging thing here. How often do I actually do it? I suck. I try. 
I try. I try to get into as much as I can. I got to take it up. I got to do something with this because it's not about the tangible sword that I can fight with. It's this one. The spiritual realm, I have no, no equipment to fight with. This is all I can do is with the armor of God, with the word of God. And Paul follows it up saying, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, meaning asking for something earnestly. He follows the armor of God with pray always. We have to be real about our weaknesses because that's where he's coming. It was like Muhammad Ali fighting uh, George Foreman. You guys know about that fight? Right? He studied and studied and studied and studied and studied George Foreman. He knew what he does. He knew he comes out and he just starts wailing on people. So Muhammad Ali, I'm just gonna get cut up. I'm gonna take the hits. I'm gonna get messed up and I'm gonna just cover. And he did that. I think it was for like eight rounds, seven rounds. Eighth round he comes out, lays George Foreman out. He studied him. The devil studies you. The demons study you. They know your weaknesses. They know them. And they're coming after those. God loves you so much. And he cares so much because that apple or that fruit we keep putting in our mouth is that sweet tart. It's that sweet tart. And he doesn't want you to have to live like that because that bitter pill is going to destroy you. We have to take it up. John 4.4, 4, that video, 1 John 4.4. 4, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The video, please. You lose it? This is Marie. Expect it to be. Oh, what is that? Oh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Look like a little cartoon on there. done it again Lord you've done it again you are good and you are mighty and you are merciful and you keep taking care of me when I don't deserve it praise you Jesus you are Lord give me another one Lord Guide me to who you want me to help. 
Raise up more that will call upon your name. Raise up those that love you and seek you and trust you. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. Lord, we need a generation of believers who are not ashamed of the gospel. We need an army of believers, Lord, that hate to be lukewarm and will stand on your word above all else. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. I pray for unity among those that love you. I pray that you open their eyes so that they can see your truth, Lord. I pray for your hand of protection and guidance. Raise up a generation, Lord, that will take light into this world. That will not compromise when under pressure. That will not cower, Lord, when others fall away. Raise them up, Lord that they will proclaim that there is salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise up warriors, Lord, who will fight on their knees, who will worship you with their whole hearts, Lord. Lord, call us to battle, that we may proclaim you King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray these things with all my heart. Raise them up, Lord, raise them up. I want to pray like that. I want to pray like that. So remember this. God has already defeated Satan. God has already defeated Satan. The war has already been won. We've been transferred from the kingdom of dark to the kingdom of light. Colossians 1.13. We have a responsibility to stand and put on the spiritual protection that God has given to us. There's an action. And the most important thing, remember this, the majority of spiritual warfare never goes beyond just the regular practice of you living a Christian life. Living a daily Christian life. That's how we win the battles. As Christians, we don't fight for victory. We fight from it and you have already won that war. Now, we go win the battles. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message. May you have a great week, and may everything you do be blessed by God.